In today's Live Treasured podcast, winning the battle in your mind for lasting transformation. Ready? Let's do this. Hey there, everybody. I hope you're having an amazing day and welcome to the Live Treasured Podcast. I want to say a special welcome to you today if this is your first time listening in on the podcast. We've been walking through uh, a series. We're on part three of lasting transformation. And if you're just now joining into this, if you want to listen to parts one and two, all you have to do is subscribe to our podcast and you can listen to those first two episodes there. So we've been talking about lasting transformation and how for me this is a very passionate topic about this is really kind of the crux of everything that we do at Treasured Ministries and that's because for years I crammed my shelves full of Christian self-help books and I always thought to myself, you know, if I just read this one more book that I would find the formula, the solution for this peace and abundant life that I kept hearing about inside of church, but never really feeling like I was experiencing it inside of my life. And my life was not without church. It wasn't without reading my Bible. Um, In fact, I was heavily involved in a women's Bible study every single week. And I was so faithful. I was faithful to read my books. I was faithful to do my Bible study. And yet, I still remain frustrated And I was frustrated and confused because while I had faith and was trying so hard, this inner healing, it seemed like this never-ending chase that I could not capture. And a lot of times I walked away thinking, you know, there must be something wrong with me. After all, this author promised me these three steps. If I take her three steps, right, then I'm, I'm never going to experience anxiety again or depression or again, or I'll break free from my codependency. But here's the thing. The truth remained that unless I connected to the healer, I would continue to search for healing. I didn't need to read more words. I needed God's living word to reach my soul. And we've talked about this in the past two podcasts, but the problem is is that many well-meaning, faith-based resources promise an instant fix that relies on your willpower to follow a specific formula. And this often promotes legalism, and it ultimately leaves you frustrated, hopeless, and feeling like a failure. Now, in the first podcast, we talked about uh, how we're designed for this daily dependence, that after, even after deliverance, there is always 
daily dependence. And it is through discipleship that we experience that lasting transformation. And that's why, even though we're fascinated with the instant fix, even though, you know, it sounds great, right? And oftentimes the emotions that we're dealing with when you're talking about inner healing, it painful things like insecurity, like shame, and we want relief from the pain. And so, of course, we buy into the instant fix, but the problem is that it doesn't give you lasting transformation, and it's not God's way. God says, I want you to take my hand and come in a relationship with me. And as you walk by faith, as you're led by the Spirit, that is where the true uh, change happened. And then last week we talked about, you know, the formulas, the formulas for success that, that we love. Human nature loves to have a formula to follow, but it's not discipleship. Jesus says, take my hand and follow me. And so if you, if you want to listen to both of those podcasts, um, you, you can, again, subscribe and listen to those. But what I want to talk to you about today, because, you know, we can talk about this idea of lasting transformation and being led by the Holy Spirit and how it's daily truth um, that gives us that victory. Um, but the reality is, is that you may not feel that way because as you set out on this journey to follow Jesus, there's a conflict that emerges. And sharing this another way, you know, you could listen to those first two podcasts I did and assume from that that it's all going to be lollipop and rainbows, right? That that following the Holy Spirit, living by the Spirit is this easy breezy, you know, lollipops and rainbows. Uh, there's going to be no effort involved on my end and that is not true either. And the reason is, is that when you became a Christian, and especially if you're a Christian that sits in church and you say, you know what, I, I'm not just here to sit inside the pew. I want every single piece of my spiritual inheritance. I want the joy. I want the I want it all, right? I'm going to go after God with all that I have. I'm going to believe what he says in his word that he wants to bring inside of my life this spiritual inheritance, right? And so so especially for Christians who have decided that you're not going to settle for so-so, that you're not posing for the picture, that you're in it to win it, right? You know what? The day that that happens, the day that you make that declaration, there is a war that begins. There's a war. The Bible talks about the fact it, it can, there's verses that compare us to, uh, to being soldiers. Make no mistake about it. There is a battle. There is going to be a conflict. There will be an enemy that will attack. You see, as much as there is a God that loves you, there's an enemy of your soul that hates you. 
And he does not want you to find freedom. He doesn't want you to have confidence. He doesn't want you to have peace from anxiety. And he, most of all, doesn't want you to follow God. And you know what else? He's not. He doesn't like God either. And he would love nothing more than to mess with God's children. And so understand, because see, here's the thing that I think happens so many times, is that as women, we say, I'm signing up. I want to be battle ready. I'm ready to live by the Spirit. I don't want to follow the darkness of my past anymore. I don't want to live bound up to anxiety. Okay, Eileen, I heard parts one and two, and I'm ready to live by the Spirit. And then we begin that way. We have our time in God's Word. We've changed our approach to Bible study where it's now not anymore about a list of rules. And we're we're on our way. And then the triggers come, right? The anxiety comes. The, um, the, the thought life comes. The parade of self-deprecating thoughts that the enemy feeds you comes. The, the irrational thoughts that you have that, that just draw up this anger inside of you, the, the thought life is attacked. And many times when this happens, especially if you've signed up for the instant fix or I'm going to follow this formula or it's, it's all about the outside, especially if you've signed up for that, you might reason that the conflict is evidence that you should feel condemned, right? The struggle that you're having, the jealousy that you're feeling, whatever it is, parading in your thought life that is causing this conflict, a lot of times we will feel condemned. Like, I can't believe I had these thoughts. I can't believe I got jealous. I can't believe I got angry. I can't believe all these things. And by the way, you know, I'm kind of listing um, feelings, but really it is our thinking that affects our feelings, right? I mean, that's like textbook um, psychology. It is our thinking that is going to affect the way that we feel. And that's kind of the root uh, of where we have to get any to the the lasting change is that it it has to come inside of us. But make no mistake about it, girlfriend. You are in a battle, and the battle should not burden you that you're a bad Christian. Let the battle be this battle cry that you're like, fine, war on, right? And understand that if there is this conflict that God is, he is drawing you and he is changing you and transforming you and the enemy is scared. And see, he knows our past, he knows all the triggers, and he'll throw these thoughts your way. 
And so when we're talking about this idea of lasting transformation, and hear me when I say this, this is so important, you can never leave renewing the mind, ever. For me, it is a daily practice that I put in place, biblical meditation. It it is a daily discipline. It is something that was so life-changing for me that I began to weave it into the Nourish Notebook so that every single day we have this practice that we do called Anchoring the Truth. It is that important. Now, when you read books, a lot of times it's talking about behavior modification. But Jesus, the the way that he wanted to transform you, it was from the inside. And really, that's where real righteousness comes from. It comes from this inner transformation, not pretending, not hypocrisy, not fake it till you make it, but it comes from the inside. And a big part of that is setting your mind on the spirit, on what the spirit desires, on letting your thoughts be governed by the Spirit. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Now, the first thing that I want you to understand is that lasting transformation is not about behavior modification, period. I mean, sometimes behavior modification works, right? Like there's studies out there that do that, but why? When you have the Holy Spirit, would you go that route? Because behavior modification, you know who it rests on? It rests on me. Can I do this? Do I have the power to overcome that? It rests on me. Why not fall back on inner transformation? You have the Holy Spirit. You have it. And I think sometimes when the conflict comes, we we just assume like if we're pre- if we're presented with a battle then we assume somewhere along the lines i you know i have failed and let me just give up because i'm having an anxious thought no way let the conflict not be a source for your condemnation let it confirm that your conversion to becoming a Christian is true. Now, let, let me explain. So, um, and in Ezekiel um, 36, 25 through 27, and this is talking about the new covenant, says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you'll be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you'll no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you, and I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And so part of the new covenant is that God gives us a heart transplant. Now, the heart it, you know, in biblical time, it wasn't like an organ. It was the 
seat of everything, your inner life. And part of that is your mind, your thought life. Um, Another part of that we're going to talk about in the next podcast. But I want you to see that the heart, it's like what everything flows out of. That's what Proverbs says. And and listen to what Jesus says in Mark chapter 7. He's talking to these Pharisees again. You know what the Pharisees did provide? I'll tell you what, lots of teaching material for the disciples, right? And they're still providing that for us today. But in Mark, uh, in Mark chapter 7, starting in verse 14, it says, Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled from what comes out of your heart. All right. Then going on in verse 20, it says, and then he added, it is what comes from inside you that defiles you for within out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceitfulness, lustful desires, eaters, evil, slander, pride, and foolishness, all these vile things come from within. They are what defile you, all right? So Jesus was saying, it's not changing your external, your behavior modification. It is inner transformation. And a big part of that is your heart. Now, Ezekiel told us that God has given us a new heart. So now we have this heart that is sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It responds to the Holy Spirit. And also, it's God has given us His Spirit. And so we now, and also the Word tells us that we have the mind of Christ. So all of those things are there, okay? Well, the truth is, so is your flesh. So is your flesh, okay? And we've been living a certain way for so long. Now God is going to transform us, how long? In three days? No, friends. Over a lifetime. Over a lifetime. Through and a big part of that is through renewing the mind. Now, I know that we talk about renewing the mind inside of Bible study. I mean, before I got serious about this, I remember hearing about renewing my mind. But the funny thing to me that just hit me square in the eye is that, you know, We were doing lots of Bible study, but were we devoting time to really renewing our mind to the Word, or were we just talking about it? It's sort of like admiring the armor of God. You know, the the Bible says that the Word is our sword of the Spirit, so the Word is so powerful, right? And But sometimes I think we just admire the armor right? Instead of armoring up, armoring up. And so um, renewing the mind is never one and done. In fact, um, 
it takes two to five years to renew our mind, okay, on a certain um, truth, a new thought pattern that God wants to give you. And one of the most important things that I think that you can do as a Christian, and we teach this inside of our Nourish Method, is, you know, when you renew your mind, to me, it is always scripture, but it can't just be any scripture. It can't just be a list of scriptures that you've gotten from a Bible study. The most powerful thing that you can do is to ask God to reveal what truth he wants you to renew your mind to every single week and to renew your mind to that truth. And let that truth travel with you. You know, if you get a verse, take a picture of the verse on your phone and let it travel with you. And I kid you not, I when I started this, um, it was so life-changing for me. I started just three minutes every morning with what I call my anchor of truth, which was just a verse that God had given me renewing my mind to that truth for three minutes. And it was such a game changer. Now, in the get-go, in the beginning of taking a scripture, reading the word, saying the word, praying the word, in the beginning, it was very frustrating. I was very distracted. And I was like, God, I I can't do this, right? I can't, I can't sit here and be quiet when I've got you know, my to-do list rushing through my head. And I'll never forget God giving me this perspective. You know, Eileen, yes, you can. And the truth is, is that you're already meditating. But not on my truth. You know, Eileen, you're already meditating. Every time you replay a wrong, you're meditating. Every time you worry and worry and worry, you're meditating. Every time, right, you focus on everything that's wrong instead of my word and my truth, you're meditating. And I realized that I did have the ability to meditate. But oftentimes, I was meditating on lies from the enemy instead of the truth in God's word. And I also realized that I couldn't be passive about it. I could not be passive about my thought life. I had to get serious if I wanted every single thing that God had for me, right? If I wanted peace and joy despite when my world was falling apart, right? Because I'll tell you how I was looking for peace and joy before. It was, can I control everybody and everything around me? Can I get you people to just do what I need you to do? Because if that happens, then I'm going to have peace and joy. Can I get all my circumstances to be lollipops and rainbows because then I'll have peace and joy. Or if I get, I mean, if I get through my to-do list, then I can finally rest and have peace. But that's not what the word says. The word says that life and peace happens when we focus on God and renew our mind to his truth. 
And that's why your whole world can be falling down around you and you can still have joy. And it comes from not trying to control everybody and everything around you, which is another form of behavior modification, if you ask me. But that is like such a losing game because here's the thing, you cannot control people. At least when you're trying to control yourself, you do have some, you know, control over that. But still, if you're not moving to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, it's it's not going to be that, that inner transformation. So stop trying to control people and stop trying to fix people and stop you know, trying to do all of these things and instead take all of that energy and focus in on renewing your mind. Here's what the word says. And I I have no idea why we do not focus more on this. We talk a lot about it. We talk about renewing the mind. But why don't we focus about it? I'll tell you, it made such a difference in my life I redid the Nourish Bible Study Method, and I devoted one whole step to renewing the mind. And then when I created the Nourish Notebook, I came up with a process called Anchoring the Truth and Biblical Meditation. It is weaved in every single day of study, every single day. And I did that Because what I saw is that this was transforming my life. Not talking about it, not admiring it. It was transforming my life, all right? So um, Romans 8, starting in verse 5, it says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to what? Life and peace. All right. I'm going to read that again. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Now, that is like so letting. You know, you cannot just be passive in your thought life. This is like the battleground. This is what God telling us, okay? But letting the spirit control your mind, what are you going to lead to, yield to? Are you going to yield to worry? Are you going to yield to fear? Are you going to yield to the spirit, okay? For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. And that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by the sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. All right, so there it is. There's the conflict, right? There is the conflict, right? You're not controlled solely by your sinful nature anymore. Now, praise God, God has given us a choice. 
He's given us a new heart. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the mind of Christ. But we choose which one we are going to let control our thought life. And it's like a muscle. And you have to work out every day. And I'm telling you, three minutes in the morning of anchoring your to, to truth is so powerful. And it goes back to, okay, the scriptures that Jesus was talking about, that it is what comes out of your heart that defiles you. I remember doing Bible studies where people would talk about knowing the lies of the truth and blah, 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 and all this sort of stuff like that. And it was always so overwhelming because I was like, you know, I don't know. And I, I don't even know, like, where do I start with this? And that frustration, again, was trying to follow somebody's plan to, to renew my mind, right? The, the, the crux is, and you don't need to use the nourish method. You don't need to get a nourish notebook. I'm telling you, I promise you, if you will just open up the word, begin maybe with the gospel of John and read through the scriptures and every week find one verse to renew your mind to, it is life-changing. And then every single day for three minutes, read the word, and pray the word. And then you watch your thought life and you take the thoughts captive. You know, um, in John chapter eight, and we talked about this before, it says you no longer have to walk in darkness. You know, you don't have to walk in a dark thought life anymore. You can stop and you can renew your mind, but you must be aware girlfriends, that this will be a battle. It will be a battle and it won't be easy. And many times we just like, it's like the thought life comes and from that we feel condemned. We feel condemned that we have the anxious thoughts or whatever, but it is not evidence for condemnation rejoice. It's evidence of your conversion that now there is something inside of you. I I should say someone, right? The Holy Spirit. There's a new heart inside of you and it does not get along with your sinful nature. They do not play well together. That's what the word says. So we must set our mind and it is not a one and done deal. It is every single day, every moment of every day, every single day. And that is where it says that you will experience life and peace, life and peace. And not only that, but you'll begin to change your mind, which will change your thinking, which will change the way that you're living. Ephesians 4, 20 through 24 says this, since you have heard about Jesus and learned that truth comes from him, right? Jesus, the Holy Spirit living within you, 
revealing truth to you every week. Don't get caught up in, I've got to renew my mind to the entire Bible. That's where overwhelming gets in because you're, I mean, and to me, that's not, you know, that's noble, right? But it doesn't work that way. Renew your mind to what the Holy Spirit is prompting you to renew your mind on. All right. So then it says, um, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. We'll be talking about that next week. And then it says, verse 23, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit, let Yield, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And again, you know, we make it so complex. And this is one part of it. And I I think we make it more complex, but I want to be so clear that it, it is not easy. It's not. But never let the conflict that you have over bad thoughts that come your way or whatever. Never, or you can't stop worrying, or you know, never let that conflict bring you condemnation. In fact, let it be a point of celebration, right? Because because the conflict is evidence of your conversion. And when you take time, every day for three minutes to renew your mind to the word, not just any word, but the rhema word. And you can hear about that in part two, the words that God is speaking to you. And it doesn't have to be like 50 things. It can just be one. It will change your life. How do I know that? Because the word says that when we set our mind on the spirit, we will do what the spirit does. And that's where lasting transformation happens. And the reason why Jesus pointed this out to the Pharisees in Mark chapter 7, where he was talking about it's what comes out of the heart that defiles you, is because the Pharisees were getting all caught up in the external rules, right, of what food, you know, they could eat, what they couldn't eat. And Jesus was saying, that's the old covenant. I'm bringing in a new way. And the new way has nothing to do about the food that you eat and everything to do with your heart, with your heart. That's where lasting transformation happens. But understand that it will be a war and it will be a battle. And as much as there is a God that loves you, there's an enemy that hates you and he doesn't like God either. And so he wants to mess with God's children. When the conflict comes, you see it as a war call out to a friend, ask them to pray for you, and make sure that every single day that you are renewing your mind, that you're taking that time 
to remember and reflect on God's goodness. You know, in the Bible, the word meditate is mentioned over 20 times. And, you know, I shied away from biblical meditation because I was like, no way. That is like Eastern, you know, religion. I'm not doing that. And it's new age. And there's, you know, there's lots of connotations with that. And the truth about it is, is that part of that is wise because there's a big difference between new age meditation and biblical meditation. New age meditation is about you emptying your mind and, uh, and, and I have a whole another podcast about that. I should probably, I'll put that in the link, but there's a lot of things that are different, but basically biblical meditation is God's prescription to renew your mind. And it's all about filling your mind with truth. You know, um, there is something called the Shema, and it is uh, scriptures that Jewish people read in the morning and in the evening. It's called the Shema. They read it every morning and every evening. Now, they don't do this because it's fun or you lose weight. No, because it's God's prescription for change. Sometimes I think that in the Bible, you know, we jump to that behavior modification first. But really, if we saw that as trying to control ourselves or trying to control other people, and we took all that energy and put it into renewing the mind, I bet you'd be amazed at what you would see. So that is part three of lasting transformation, but we are not done. In next week's podcast, we're going to talk about what it means to put to death and to truly live by the Spirit. I tell you what, I am just so blessed by each and every one of you. You know, your time is valuable and I thank you for sharing your minutes with me. And finally, I want to give a huge thank you to all our donors out there who make this podcast and everything that we do at Treasured Ministries possible. You have a great week. And I'll talk to you next week on the Live Treasure Podcast.